0: This is KMTT, and this is the weekly podcast on Pashat HaShavua. This is Ezra Bek, and today's Pashat is Pashat Shemot. Pashat, Pashat Bo. Uh, we're reading Pashat Bo. The beginning of the Pasha the opening Pasuk, is one which was uh, difficult in the eyes of the commentators. And then he never tells. Moshe what to do when he goes to Paro, he, instead, God, uh, immediately offers some sort of a justification for the command, Key, come to Paro, for, and then comes to Pasuk, which I will read in a second. Afterwards, very short, two later, Moshe and Aaron go to Paro, and they speak to Peru and they tell him that he has to send the Jews free, and that we're getting ready for the uh, Makat Arbeh, the plague of locusts. So the the question as to why God doesn't say what Moshe should say is discussed by the Mephoshim. They give different reasons. Perhaps we'll mention it later on. But I'm, just, I'm interested in what God does say. He says to Moshe, remember, this is Pashat Bo, we've already had quite a number of plagues. We're getting close to the end. The last three. Arbe, Choshech, and Bechorot. says, go speak, go, go to Paro. Four. Ki. Ani libo I have uh, hardened, or literally made heavy, his heart and the hearts of his servants. Lema'an. Lema'an means for the purpose of. So God is explaining now a theory. Why is he in fact helping strengthening Pharaoh's refusal to let the Jews out? After all, the, the purpose of the whole exercise is to get the Jews out of Egypt. And yet, God admits that the reason why power hasn't sent the Jews out yet is because God is giving him strength to refuse the to refuse the uh, request, or even making it impossible for him to accept the request by hardening his heart. So the reason is leman, so that shiti ototai that I should place these wonders, these signs, in his midst. Uleman. And so that. So there are two different so that's here. Two different purposes for uh, the hardening of power. One is so that I should place my signs in his midst. Uleman, so that you shall, to sapere you should recite to your children and your children's children that which I have toyed with the Egyptians, that of which I made them suffer, and the signs that I put in their midst, and you shall know that I am God. So, this Pasuk, these two Pasukim, Pasuk, other and Pasuk, two different reasons for God's conduct in basically lengthening the amount of time it will take for the Jews to leave. Lengthening Paro's refusal, strengthening Paro's refusal, or lengthening the uh, the period of indecision uh, before Paro will eventually let them out. Um, both reasons, there are a number of steps here. Both reasons say, because Paro refuses, therefore God gets to bring more makot, more plagues, more signs. The word that's used here is signs. The man I should place my signs in his midst, and that you should tell your child and your children of the signs that I placed in his midst. So the first step is uh, God wants Pharaoh to refuse so that he can hit him again. But that's only the first step. The question is, why does God want that? We all know the real purpose is that they should leave Egypt. So why do you want they should leave Egypt with more signs and not less signs? More plagues and not less plagues? Pharaoh would have given in perhaps after the first or the second or the third, but we want to have ten. And therefore, we'll never get to ten if Pharaoh breaks too easily. So we have to Prop him up, that he will refuse until we get to the 10th. Why do you want that? So here the answer is less clear. Uh, Two answers. One is, (laughs) One is, that I should be able to place my signs and wonders in his midst. It's for the purposes of the Egyptians or the ruler of Egypt. It's very important that he not see one sign and two signs but he should see a lot that in order we should be able to say "Shiti <laughs> I have placed Shiti is more than just see me, more than just placing it's, I've established, I've ingrained I've, I've entrusted my signs in his midst, Bikhibo. Uleman, something for the Jews. Notice what the Pasak is saying is first of all that there should be a lot of plagues and a lot of wonders and a lot of signs and a lot of miracles. Has a purpose for the Egyptians, has a purpose for the Jews. Now that's also not the end. You, know, you have to ask and what purpose of that? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm strengthening Power's heart so that he should refuse and I can do more wonders. And I want to do more wonders so that first place, first step is completely unclear, that I should be able to instill my wonders in the midst. And the second reason is to give you something to talk to your children about. If there were a lot of wonders, then you'll tell your children about those wonders. And here it is a bit more clear. The last words of the Pasuk, "Vidatem ki ani Adonai. <inaudible> you will tell your children and your children's children that which I have done to the Egyptians and the signs that are placed in them, and you shall know that I am God. Beginning of last week's Pasha, parashat Vayera, there's a similar statement of God to Moshe Rabbeinu. Only there, it's only on the paro mitzvahim side and nothing about the Jewish side. Um, after the initial psukim and after the genealogy in the beginning of Pashat Vayera, so Moshe Rabbeinu tells God that he's not doing a very good job. Hey, listen to me. And God says to him, that's okay. I don't want to listen to you so fast. And now I will harden the heart of Paro, and I will make more numerous, apparently, and therefore I will maximize the signs and wonders in the land of Mitzrayim, and Paro won't listen to you. The upshot will be that Paro won't listen to you, but in the end, I will, I will hit the And I will take out my hosts, the people, sons of Israel, from the land of Mitzrayim, with great uh, plagues and Egypt will know that I am the Lord so God is presenting a theory to um, Meshav you're going to go talk to Paro, but he's not going to listen I'm going to make sure he doesn't listen thereby maximizing the number of signs and wonders and plagues that I will bring final line and Mitzvahim shall know that I am God. In pashat Bo, in the beginning of pashat Bo, the Bo, be- right before the seventh of the Ten Plagues, God again presents a theory for, Ani et libo, I have done it, and apparently we'll continue doing it, Liman, for the purpose of, here it doesn't say what the purpose of that say, and they will know that I am God. It just says, I'm going to make... Uh, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart so that I can place my signs in his midst. But here's a new a new point altogether. Ulema, second reason, which you didn't mention in Pashat Deir. It's good for the Jews. So that you shall be able to tell your son and your son's son all this story, what happened in Mitzrayim, and the wonders and things that I have placed in them. <inaudible> Bottom line, in both cases. Once in Pashat Ve'eva, but not in Pashat Bo. And once in Pashad Bo, it says the ultimate reason is V'idatem, K'nei Hashem. You will know that I am God. And Ve'eva says, Mitzvahim will know that I am God. Nonetheless, somewhat strangely, that's not explicit that Mitzvahim should know that I am God is not mentioned explicitly in Bo. And on the contrary, on the other side, the entire idea that the Jews, the Jewish children should know that I am God isn't even referred to at all in Pashat in Pashat Vah. And overall, the question I want to know is what's the ultimate purpose? What what is God what, what is God's reason? That the Jews should know Jewish people should know historically, children and grandchildren, that great wonders were done with and, what is God's purpose that the Egyptians should suffer these, these great wonders? Let's start with the Egyptians. Yeah. You might think, in a certain cogency, that subjecting the Egyptians to great wonders so that one could say in the end, and they shall know that I am God. Why is it important they should know that I am God? Is it just important they should send? The answer is that there is a lesson here for the Egyptians. The question is, how do you understand the word lesson? So the first thing that occurs to me, and I think it would occur to many other people, that this is lesson in the sense that I'm going to teach you a lesson. Meaning not I'm teaching you Musa Haskel, but I'm teaching you a lesson. It's something very much akin, maybe a close cousin, maybe even a brother, to to vengeance. Uh, It's important to God that not only that his will be fulfilled and the Jews leave Egypt, it's important that the Egyptian people recognize that God is God. Not that they'd be forced to let the Jews out because they just have to do it. They're being squeezed. But when they let the Jews out, they should recognize a theological truth that God is God. Why, you ask me? Well, let's remember the fact that when Moshe came to Paro in the first place, he suggested a small little request three days in the desert in the name of God Hashem, let my people go out into the desert and serve me Paro answered <laughs> Paro denied God's existence he said who's this God you know if you got a serious request from one of my uh, equals one of my peers some great king even more so, some great God, I, I would pay attention, I would at least, you know, think about it, but you come to me in an unknown name, never heard of him, Mi who is this? Havaya, who is this Hashem that you're talking about? I don't know, I'm not sending the Jews out. On that basis, with that in the background, I can understand that somebody might argue that one of the purposes, again, one of the purposes of what's going on for the year of the Makotah is that Probably will not be able to say that ever again. The next time in the future, assuming he survives, uh, he hears the name of God, he'll say, oh, this is the powerful God who forced me to not be so so lighthearted, so cavalier when his name was mentioned. I'm saying it's not like vengeance, but it has to do with the satisfaction mm. Satisfaction of value. Not a uh, misconstrued satisfaction that one gets from having power concede not just do what he's forced to do because then he'll be forced to do it anyhow by the power of God but also to recognize the power of God. And apparently for that you might think that it's uh, one, one or two signs would not be enough even though he would give in but he wouldn't he wouldn't inculcate it into his heart. And I think that's that's indicated by the words that are used in Bo. Which doesn't say that Mitswaim will know that I am God, but Lama and Shiti Ototai ele bo. that I should I don't know how to translate exactly the word shiti, it's more than that I shall place. It's that I shall like uh, 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 Shitin are the of the are uh, the uh, yisodot. They're the uh, foundations of a building. And that, that I should instill, that I should ingrain my signs in his midst. In other words, God is saying, after one or two makot, Parah would give in. And by giving in, let the Jews go. That's because he was forced to. When the effect wears off, he hasn't really changed. Very often you can force somebody to do something, but it's not really him. It's the external force that's doing it. A person should truly recognize that the situation is different. That God, King of Kings, has brought you a command. So he has to internalize, in a much deeper sense, God's power. And one or two makot won't do that. I mean, he'll agree. Because he doesn't want to be hurt. So he'll say yes, but, but in his heart of hearts, He's still rebelling. He's still maintaining, at least to himself, I, I have autonomy. I'm just giving in because it's a smart thing to do. He has to realize that if he faces off against God, he will be crushed. And he has to feel that instinctively. He has to know it in his bones, so to speak. And therefore, God doesn't let the situation end too quickly because it takes ten. That's the first pshat that occurs to me to explain what the purpose is, what the purpose is for Mitzvah. If that's true, then the purpose for the Jews is totally different. Mitzrayim will say, Ki Ani Hashem. And the Jews will say, Ki Ani Hashem. But Mitzrayim will say, Ki Ani Hashem, who has crushed us. And he is the unstoppable power. And therefore, we have no chance to oppose him. And we recognize that. But for the Jews, that's not the point. The Jews are not in a conflict with God that they to be crushed. On the contrary, and I think this is hinted by It's not that necessarily the Jews in Egypt will recognize that I am God. That they could probably do after only one day. But that this should be part of permanent Jewish history. Why does God want that His power in Egypt should be part of permanent Jewish history? Because apparently, and this is a point which I think it's important to really emphasize, I'm not sure anybody will agree with me. God's power to do wonders, to control the world, to break nature, is part of Jewish identity and the Jewish relationship with God. Remember that there is a mitzvah called Sipur Yitzhak which is expressed in this Pesach, to saper, Modern Jews, that's all of us to some extent, might imagine that Pesach night, you want to tell your children about the story of Egypt, but we should concentrate on the great ideas there, how freedom and slavery and God is freedom, at least for the Jews. But the truth is, what this Basak says is, you don't tell, you don't give him a drusha about slave and freedom. You tell him about O Totayah samti that I placed my wonders in their midst. If I'm right about the first line, which I don't think I am, but I'll get back, that it's important that the mitzvim simply. It should be their new nature that they recognize God. You tell the Jews that. You tell the Jews that. My I was so powerful that I changed the Egyptians' orientation. The Raman, for instance, when he quotes the mitzvah of *Sipur doesn't talk about freedom. He says it's a mitzvah on Leil Pesach to tell our children *Nisim or Muftim*. You tell them about God's power. And the amazing Ten Makot and Kriyat Yamsuf, the amazing things that God did, where He simply took over the whole world and 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 forced His will on everyone to an extent that nobody could stand up against Him. We might be a little bit uncomfortable with that, uh, for all sorts of reasons. Perhaps we think that the uh, the most important thing in the relationship of a Jew and God has to do with ethics, morality. What's known in the history of the philosophy of religion as nineteenth-century uh, 19th century German Protestantism, God as the, which is okay, I mean, it's an important point, God as notenah Torah. Okay? God as telling us what's wrong. That's our relationship with God. We have a lot of mitzvah from God. That's the first yisod. You might think, as some modern Jews think, that the most important relationship, the, the relationship with God, is uh, is personal. God loves me, I love God. He's my friend. I can go to him for refuge. Many, many Pokemon him, him tell me about that. But if we're talking about foundation, what do you build all the other things on? So, I think this passage is saying, and you have to, uh, maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable because we don't like talking about one God crushing people, even if it's the our enemies. And it could be that modern Jews have a problem with, uh, in general, God doing miracles. Because miracles, a negative attitude towards miracles. A little bit. Not because of the Rambam, but because it's used by so many other people. You know, stunts on a, on a, uh, on a stage where you cure the, uh, you cure the sick and the, the cripples throw away their crutches. You know, Jews don't do stuff and we sort of look down on it. So we don't like talking about who is my God first and foremost. He does these amazing stunts. There's amazing things. Blood. Frogs, columns of smoke, etc. But, okay, so it's an important point here. God is saying, I went out of my way. I hardened Paro's heart with whatever theological problems that involves discussed by the Rishonah, but I did an external thing. I hardened Paro's heart. The purpose was so that I could do more excuse the expression, stunts, more signs and wonders, Ototai, that I should have a demonstrable uh, opportunity to demonstrate my power, my greatness, before, before the mitzvah. And it's important to me, among other things, that you should tell that to your children and your children's children. In other words, you should make this part of the Jewish heritage, defining the Jewish people from generation to generation. Because Vidatem Ki Hashem That is first and foremost my calling card. I am God and I am their God. And again when you say to a Jew Kani it's it's constitutive. It means that I am your God and you are my people, which is what's about to happen in the next couple of weeks, forty nine days perhaps, uh, until they get to Hassinai. And God is saying, I am Yod Ani Hashem and you recognize that, when you recognize that, you make me your God, it's the God who brought the otot on on, on, on on Egypt. So that's the side of the Egyptian of the Jews. But I want to go back to the side of the Egyptians. Why is it important the man shiti ototai eile bikirbo? here you have a difference between Parshat Ve'eva and Pashat Bo. In Parshat Ve'eva the Egyptians themselves need to see the Otot, so that they will say Mitzvayim uh, uh, و... and the Egyptians shall know <laughs> In Boa that phrase does not appear, that the Egyptians will say Ken <speaking of laman>. Hashem. So it's true that there are two lemans, but it seems like the first leman goes into yeah. the second leman. I want to place my uh, my wonders in midst, and so that the Jews should know that I place my wonders in their midst. It's the same expression. So I'd like to suggest another explanation. Uh, you could say, none the less, contradicting the first one, but a higher a higher level. It's not it's not just a sort of poetic justice. That they who opposed God and denied his importance, that Paro and his people should now say he is the God. That has certain, certain attraction, but I think it's more. The man God is saying that it's not merely that I can do wondrous things which would be proven if I did it once, or twice, or three times. It's important that these wonders should be part of the fabric of the natural world. Shiti ototai bikir Again, we have a tendency, which may come reason, that we have certain misgivings about miracles in general. So we're willing to admit that there are occasional miracles, very rare, in ancient times. But, we tend to avoid, I think, modern Jews, we tend to avoid a position whereby miracles are facts Mm -hmm. on the ground. They're, first of all, obviously not, or maybe, yes, numerically common. But more importantly, that reality at least at the very minimum, includes miracles. I think we'd much prefer being Western, modern Jews, scientifically educated. We'd much prefer that the world exists without miracles. You know, occasionally God has a need or He wants to show us something, so it can happen. But, but the world we relate to doesn't include miracles as part of its fabric. I'm not getting now to the position that the Ramban, the Ramban expresses in this Pasha, the last Ramban in Pashad Bo, that miracles are the only thing that takes place in the world, or at least the world of the Jews. That there is no nature, and there is no natural order for Jews. Only miracles. You don't have to go that far. All that this Parshat says is that I have implanted miracles into the natural order. And God is saying that I'm using the Egyptians to impress upon the Jews that they should be impressed how Egyptian history, Egyptian nature, the the, the daily life of Egyptians for this year was totally dominated by blood, frogs, lice, etc. Wild animals, hail etc and then the Jews shall know ki ani Adonai I think here the meaning is uh, beforehand God's name to the Jews was Hashem Elokei Avotehem, Avotehem, or Moshe says to the Jews Hashem Elokei Hashem who is the God of your forefathers has appeared to me that's an important introduction because he's coming to say to them, I remember my promises. That's the basis for what's going on here. But that also has a certain limitation when it comes to establishing the Jews are God's people and God is the King of the Jews. And here, Vidatem Kiani Hashem is not Vidatem Kiani Hashem elokei but ki ani Hashem, I am your reality. Last week I spoke about how Shemavaya is God's truth. And here Shemavaya is God's truth in the world. Shiti Ototai Eile B'Kibri the world reflects signs, the word otot, which is used here to mean to mean miracles and therefore plagues. But literally it just means signs. The sign that God is in the world is the fact that the world doesn't operate the way we thought it would, it operates differently. It doesn't operate according to what we call natural law, but operates in the, in, the, in the exact opposite. Wonders and signs in the heavens and the earth. That is a crucial understanding for the Jews. It has to take place by the Egyptians because it's not just that God does wonders for the Jews. That would be Hashkachah. That would be providence. And that would mean that the Jews are present in this world, and this world isn't always good for them, so God comes and saves them from this world. That's not enough for the relationship of I am God of the Jews. You have to realize that the world, the non-Jewish world, in other words, the natural world, Egyptian life, is totally reconstructed by the hand of God, by the Zeroh and the Tuya, by the powerful arm of God. When the Jews see that then they'll say Ki ani Hashem they'll say for God is God not even the God of the Jews not the God of our forefathers but that he is Havaya that he is he is actual existence he is reality and then okay then the Jews will enter into a covenant with God that he should be their king he should be their Elohim. He should be their leader. He should be. They should have this relationship and they will be his people and they will follow his mitzvot. But it's not a, a, a tribal deal with he who will lead the Jews. He who will lead the Jews is. Et yasher samtivam. Nature is God's hand to do with as he wishes. And we don't therefore choose God because we're terrified out of our hearts, which is what the Egyptians do. He doesn't become their God. They just acknowledge that he's God, but then they go, they, their God remains and Tatmos. But the Jews will make a covenant that since God is reality, we have an opportunity now to have a covenant whereby we reflect that, we carry that forward. We, by doing the mitzvah and accepting the Torah, are the bearers of God's relationship with the world. And therefore, he is our God, not just the God, but our God, and we are his. I think this introduction to Pashat Bo, I, I, I haven't said anything particularly original just now. I think my point is that just like the Egyptians, the Othota had to be ingrained into them by repetition. So what I just said now should be ingrained into us, which I think is the point of the Pasuk. It's at the very beginning of Jewish history, and it should be so dramatic. That you'll tell it year after year after year after year for the next three thousand years, and the reason is that all truths and all generations should stay should be able to say instinctively, automatically from the kishkas, so to speak, ki ani And I do think that our kishkas—I'm talking about myself now as well, maybe even mostly—our kishkas are not so inclined to accept that we like God we do the mitzvot we're willing to do the mitzvot we want to do the mitzvot but to see God's hand God's power as being the universe which you can only see when you see miracles and you see how overwhelming the miracles are how they reorder the universe they don't just happen but they they, they overturn the universe Concept that's called by Chazal, things that are said in Shemon in the second Bracha, that God reverses natural processes. People who are sick, meaning they're dying, God can cure them. And eventually, Mechayim mitim barachamim rabim. God. There's nothing more anti-natural law, anti-natural universe than the resurrection of something that's already dead. You're falling. Gravity's pulling you down. God can deny gravity. Fecholim. You're in the throes of illness. God... Health is God, not vitamins. That in this passage is very important to the Torah and it's not just important as a theological tenet. It's very important that be the basis of bincha, or ven bincha. You teach it to little children so that it should be in the marrow of their bones. And everything else, very important points, which I very much endorse, has to be built on that basis. The little, What the little children saw that otot, God can do anything. That's the statement. Ani Hashem recognition of that is, And that's a precursor, because it's a foundation stone, to even leaving Egypt. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of very important things that will be said at Har Sinai, Maybe even more important. But they're said on top of this instinctual recognition, that, So the Egyptians here are not really... Was, I don't know why it says, you have to find a reason why in Ba'erah God said he wanted the Egyptians to stay in the Asher. Maybe that's what I said in the beginning. The Egyptians should recognize that they made a bad mistake denying God's existence or God's importance. But here it's the Egyptians are the the, the, the field on which God will plant the visual symbol Shiti Ototai Eile Bikir Bo The Egyptian people have an important role to play. They embody they embody the visible overwhelming hand of God and that's important that they who are very close to the Egyptians the Jews who are right in their midst and suffering from their hand will see and perceive and feel and experience and, and literally breathe in and out God's hand et so that they can say and that has to be done no matter what and therefore, you have to read the rest of the Pasha, There are at least three more makot to come. And God is saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, you also be patient. This is a super important foundation bed for everything that will come afterwards. Kol Tov, V'Sabbat Shalom.